In this episode of the Growth Code Podcast, are you making these completely avoidable marketing mistakes? I know I've made some of these, so let's go. Hey, I'm Sean. I'm obsessed with business, marketing, and growth. I've created this podcast to share the ideas, knowledge, and tools I've gathered over a career of helping businesses thrive. Welcome to the Growth Code. So there are so many options for marketing in this day and age, and it's absolutely exciting, but also a little bit overwhelming. You've got social media channels, you've got digital marketing, there's just so much going on, right? You've got to share your offer with the world, and more than ever before, that's become super complicated. Maybe you hate selling, so you keep your website or your business the best kept secret in the world. While I've already talked about selling without selling your soul in my previous podcast and how marketing doesn't need to be cringy, but the thing that I want to add is that you need to believe that what you do will add value to people's lives or their business and go with that. It's not about tricking or, you know, marketing tactics that are sneaky or whatever it is. Just go with it. Go with what you believe that you will do to add value. Now, being a business owner requires you to be a marketeer. You don't need a degree or tons of experience to do that. You can just start by looking at what works really well for you now. You know, how have you gotten to where you are now? How do you get all of your clients? But you can also learn from my mistakes. So shall we? Marketing mistake number one, not taking the temperature of your audience. Okay, let's test this out before I explain. If you put your job title and web address on LinkedIn or in a bio somewhere, do you assume that people know who you are and what you do? It's an easy mistake to make, but we need to talk about the problems that you solve or the results that you get and how you serve your audience or your clients. Cold traffic, so people who don't know you and don't know about your product or your solution, they need a little bit more explaining. And you need to connect with them on a problem level first. You know that only 3% of your traffic is ready to buy from you right now. So take them out on a date. Buy them ice cream or something before you try and put a ring on it, if you get what I'm saying. Now, if you really believe in the way that you solve problems and the way that you get results, then share it. Show it off. You've earned it. But take the temperature of your audience now and then, and don't assume that people know what you do. People don't care. They care about their problems, and they care about how you can solve them. I've been that guy, too too reserved or too shy to sell, too reserved to talk about real results and the things that I achieve for, for businesses. And if you also find that really hard, then go out there, grab hold of some of your existing clients and get them to give you testimonials. Let them do the selling for you. It's as easy as that. Now, marketing mistake number two, an all-time favorite. Pricing. Pricing, 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 and not charging enough for what you do. Before I go forward, let me just get this one concept into your ears and hopefully you'll really take take notice of this. Your price is not your client's perception of value. Often clients don't even buy on price, but being cheap is not a unique selling point. You need to package your product or service in an offer that positions value. Don't have price-led conversations 
And you won't need to if you focus on the experiences and the promises that you'll deliver first and make it so irresistible that price doesn't even come into the equation. Don't get into the race to the bottom. It's completely avoidable. And you need to make sure that you're not being compared to, especially on price. And you can do that through positioning value that is incomparable. I know what you're thinking. Those are a lot of words. When I used to run my digital agency, we used to pitch against other agencies for website projects or digital projects. And I would always make sure that on the day that the proposal was going to land in in our prospective client's inbox, that at the same time, a package arrived in the post. We had taken our processes and I just put it into a nice looking book to explain how we work and everything they can expect. We made a little flow chart so that people could tick off where they are on the project and they knew exactly where they were and what was coming next. We popped some sweets in there, pencil and just some little things that added value. You know, a book I had written on how to get an ROI out of a website at the end and just a bunch of little things, stuff that we did par for course anyway, but we packaged it up so that it created value and it positioned us so well that we weren't having price-led conversations and my projects went from four figures to five figures and eventually six-figure projects. Now, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that to show that if you package value around what you do, if you package an offer around your product or service, you can elevate yourself to the point where you're not having conversations about price and you can charge what you want because what you do is valuable. So just have a think about that and take it seriously. Look around your business, the things that you do that's par for course, the things that you do that you can just package in a way that shows value and differentiates you from everyone else so that you're having conversations about that value and not conversations about price. It's totally doable, no matter what business you're in. Now, mistake number three, selling to everyone. There is such a fear about niching and it's, it's probably warranted, you know, but being a generalist will not help your audience decide if you're right for them. First of all, just focus on the number of clients that you need and the number of sales that you need to reach your goals. You'll find clarity and focus and maybe a little bit of comfort in the fact that you don't need to sell to everyone. Now, when I first started my previous business, I was, oh, I was petrified to niche down. It might have something to do with starting a business in a recession. And so why on earth would I exclude anyone from my sales pitch? That seemed crazy. But refocusing and speaking to a niche audience makes your message, your stories and your marketing speak directly to your ideal customers. Now, I've started getting real specific on this and I've created tools to help my clients do this. If you're not sure where to start, just have a think about your best and favorite customers that you've got now and start there. Who are they? What are they like? What industries are they in? What do they sound like? How do they like to communicate? And how do they know when you've understood them? Just start there and by having a look at your existing customers. Trust me, the more ideal clients that you get in your business, your business life will change and it'll just make things that much more beautiful. Marketing mistake number four. Okay, this isn't so much as a single mistake as a complete erroneous habit that went on for a long time. And I was a master at procrastination. If anyone finds a cure for it, let me know. 
but consistency. Consistency was, or lack of consistency rather, is the mistake. Have you ever had a day like this? Just go, just go with me. You get up, you get to work, you answer your emails, your team needs help with something, a client's got a crisis, there's a huge problem with the delivery, and on top of all of that, the phone hasn't stopped ringing, and you still need to do payroll, you still need to do invoicing. You get home and you're shattered. You're absolutely exhausted, but you've got no idea what you did all day. Well, my fellow fellow business owner, this happens too often. And the thing is, if you take one thing away from this podcast, I hope it's this. Your inbox is full of other people's priorities, not yours. And 80% of your results comes from 20% of your activities. So to move the needle, you have to protect your time carefully. I once heard somebody say that you can waste my money, I'll always make more, but don't waste my time. And that was something that really hit hard for me. I even remember in my studio, I had the most uncomfortable meeting room chairs ever so that meetings didn't drag. And whenever I made a meeting, it would always be for something like 10.07, finishing at 10.31. Very specific, strange little habits that I got into to protect my time. But listen, sometimes we are so super busy looking like a business, but we're not acting like we're running one. We're not acting like professional business builders. And if I could start all over again, I would totally make sure that I showed up for my business first, doing the things like strategy, writing sales copy, investing in email marketing consistently. But I was young. Hopefully I still am. But I fell into that trap of being busy. But my friends, busy is not a badge of honor. You have to absolutely make sure that you've got non-negotiable time set aside every single day to work on the things that will move the needle, like your sales process and follow-ups and adding value to your audience. These things are an absolute must. If you have to, find ways to automate things. Save save yourself time where you can. I like to have a not-to-do list, by the way. And delegate or outsource some of the busy work because your time is precious and you need to work on moving the needle. Listen, I've made these mistakes and loads more, which I could probably create a whole nother episode for. But above all, I heard the, the wise grandmaster Tony Robbins once say that you get what you tolerate. So if you're tolerating poor results, blaming the algorithms, not having enough time to do this, not having the tech skills to do email marketing, not having the resources to do this and that, well, here's Coach Sean calling you out on your baloney because your results are a reflection of your input. It's like the gym or anything else in life. You get what you put in. So if you're putting in poop, well, mm-mm. Force yourself to get resourceful and force yourself to focus your time and energy on the things that you can control. I don't want to say 2020 because we all have our own feelings about this year. Things are hard now for sure. But when have things ever been easy? So listen, I hope that this podcast has sparked some ideas or inspired you to take action to get something off your to-do list that you've been procrastinating over or whatever it might be. Set yourself that time to have that non-negotiable 
activity on your business, working on the things that are important, whatever it is, I'm in your corner, I've got your back. And if you need a place where you can go and get another boost, I've got a Facebook group and loads of resources that I can share with you. And I just want to see your business thrive. So high five if you've stayed with me all the way to the end. You've been listening to the Growth Code podcast. Like I said, the Growth Code is a group on Facebook where you can jump in there for Q&As, more insights and to bounce ideas around.